Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, hello. How are you? I'm actually not great. I've been very sick this week. <laughs> I I don't know, guys. On Wednesday morning, I woke up. Um, I wasn't really able to sleep Tuesday night well at all. I didn't fall asleep till like 1.30. I thought my allergies were just going crazy. I like didn't feel that good. But it just kind of felt like typical allergies, which I think I've talked about on the podcast. I've had terrible allergies since May, like kind of crippling. They've been really, really bad. So I like had a hard time sleeping on Tuesday night, but I woke up on Wednesday like feeling a little phlegmy, but like mostly okay. I took a shower. I washed my hair. I shaved my legs. So like a productive morning um, because usually I don't shave and I don't wash my hair that often. <laughs> no, I wash my hair like... Well, now that it's short, I wash my hair like three times a week Um, or four times a week, depending. But like basically every other weekday. Um, But if I'm feeling really lazy, I push it. So what I'm saying is like I had a decent amount of energy. I was in my car driving to work on Wednesday and I was like, wow, I don't feel good. Like, the ooh, ooh, gosh, I don't feel good. I get to work. I park my car. I walk into my office. Then I have to walk straight to the bathroom and I throw up. And I was like, fuck, what's going on? So I go home. I sleep for a lot of the day. Still feeling really terrible. And I was like, oh, I probably have a sinus infection. Now, I don't normally throw up from sinus infections, but I had really bad sinus pressure. My body hurt. Basically, everything else was like sinus uh, infection-ish. I get sinus infections like once a year. I've definitely had them since starting this podcast. And so I was like, oh, let me just go to a walk-in clinic now and like get this over with, you know, like go get the z pack, get the steroids and I'll feel better. So I go to this walk-in clinic. I haven't had one since I moved to Pennsylvania. When I had them in Florida, I would go to this walk-in clinic that was like right next to my house. I would go, I would tell them exactly like what was going on, what I needed, and I'd be better quickly. Um, so I go there and they have this big sign about how it has like a, not a big sign, but it's a sign and it has like a full paragraph about how they don't give out antibiotics for sinus infections and something about like the over antibiotic gain. (laughs) I don't know how you would say that, but like over medicating of antibiotics of Americans. And I was like, that's weird, but I like have a sinus infection and I always get antibiotics for them. Like I get a pack. I also like to get Prezidone steroids and those two things have always helped me. Now, since this experience happened, I'm reading it's probably just like the Prezidone that helped me and the antibiotics are placebo, but whatever. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, like I'll still see the doctor. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I have a, like, a high, a really high deductible insurance plan, so it's like I don't have insurance at all, except I have a health savings account, which my employer puts money in every pay period, so I have um, money in my HSA, like, a, a decent chunk of money in my HSA to pay for the doctor, so I, like, wasn't stressed about the money, but it's definitely not, like, free for me to go. 
Um, and so the receptionist like calls me up after I filled this form and he goes, did you, he points to the sign and he says, did you read the sign? And I was like, yeah, I read the sign. But like, I like, so the doctor is not going to give me any antibiotics or what? He's not going to be able to do anything. He goes, well, before I charge you, I just want to make sure that you read that sign. And like, I was so thrown guys. Like I... I don't know. It was so obvious that he was telling me to leave because what I think is that whoever the doctor is that runs this, like, walk-in clinic is obviously anti-antibiotics for sinus infections and maybe other things. Um, In my experience, like, some doctors are just into this thing where we're over-prescribing antibiotics. We probably are. This is not something I know a lot about, so I'm not taking a stance on this. And then there's some clinics and doctors that are just, like, write a script for an antibiotic for everything. And I have a feeling that this receptionist sends a lot of people back there to see the doctor and then the doctor won't give them anything and then they scream at the receptionist. So I was like, so you're saying the doctor won't be able to do anything for me? He will not prescribe me anything? And he goes, well, you'll have to see the doctor, but like, I just want to make sure that you saw that sign before I charge you. And I was like, well, I guess I'll leave. Like, I was so caught off guard. It was such a weird experience. So I left and later I was like, I really regretted it. I should have went back there and asked them to give me Prezidone, um, which is like a steroid, which I don't like taking, but really does help with um, my sinus stuff. And so I was like, oh my God, I I don't know. I like made it. I was like, I guess I'll leave. (laughs) Like it's a bad choice. I should have stayed, but it was just so weird and caught me off guard. So Thursday, I didn't go to work again. I still felt like shit. Um, Friday, I woke up feeling pretty shitty, but I kind of, like, forced myself to go to work because I didn't want to miss three days of work in a row. And I also just, like, I knew I had to, like, get up. Like, I'd been in my bed for 48 hours. Um, I think it was a really good idea to go to work yesterday. I know it's, like, kind of gross when people go to work sick, but, like, I don't touch it. Like, I stay in my office. Like, I don't, like, even really talk to anybody at work. That's not true. I talk to people, but I work in an extremely small office. I stay at my desk. I wasn't, like, coughing or, like, you know, like, touching stuff. I just basically, like, stayed in my, at my desk all day um, and got work done that I missed while I wasn't there. We were able to pay bills and just do some office management stuff. And I'm actually really glad I went to work. I think that if I didn't, I would be feeling a lot worse today. I think, like, getting up and forcing myself to be out all day really helped. But I'm feeling moderately better today. Although now that I'm like sitting up and doing this, I'm like, am I feeling better? (laughs) But it's been a tough week. Like I really was feeling like death. It really wasn't good. You know, I like went up and down the stairs twice and I was like, I'm going to (laughs) die. So yeah, 18 minutes later, this has been a crazy teen mom week in Amber and Andrew News. There's been a lot more developments, and that is without a crystal ball YouTube, who I talked about last week, right? Uh, was able to get her hands on via a source close to Andrew, which I'm guessing is Andrew, but the lawyers have told them to stop. So maybe he, like, gave it to a family member and told the family member to give it to her because, like, why else did they go to without a crystal ball, you know? It's not like, like, and that's like no shade on her. It's just like, it's not radar. It's not sarcasm. It's not the Ashley. It's not a major, she's not a major known teen mom, like tabloid. It's not TMZ. Like if I was like close to Andrew, but like 
unconnected to like him planning to leak stuff, like my instinct would probably be to go to TMZ, right? But obviously, I think this person was pointed in the direction of without a crystal ball YouTube. Her name is Katie something. And she released two sets of audio tape of Amber physically and verbally abusing Andrew while James is present in both of them. Well, in the first one, you can hear him. In the second one, you can't hear him. But Andrew does say, I'm holding James and... I mean, I, I believe that. I don't think that's not true. So th- in the first audio, Amber apparently was very mad that she was woken up around 2 p.m. <laughs> and she is going the fuck off. Uh, you hear the baby crying at the beginning. You can hear the first one on my Instagram, feathers underscore pod. The second one, I didn't rip the audio because it came out while I was at work. And obviously, I wasn't going to like rip audio while I was at work. Uh, so you'll have to go on the Without a Crystal Ball page, although it's possible the audio has been uploaded elsewhere. Also, someone transcribed that one, so I'll just read that here, I guess. Um, By the way, this is all like major, major domestic violence content warning. If you are not comfortable with this, I would say skip way ahead. Like, probably skip the next 15 minutes would be my guess. Um, Okay, so... Basically, you hear baby James crying and Amber is screaming that Andrew needs to pick up that baby. She's not going to take care of him. She's repeatedly calling him a fat piece of shit. She says, I'm going to fucking stab you. She says, you're fucking stupid. You're worthless. Um, Andrew says something about like, oh, so you're just going to throw the baby at me. Um, And implying that Amber is throwing the baby around, which... I don't know. I don't know why people think that. In my opinion, if you're willing to abuse your significant other, you are willing to abuse children. Like, that That to me seems like a very logical leap. I'm sure it's not the case in every single domestic violence incident, but if you have that level of rage in you, um, it is believable to me that that would transfer onto children. Uh, especially Amber, who we know has, shows very little maternal instinct. She gets overwhelmed very quickly. She doesn't seem to bond with her children. Uh, we saw how she would kind of throw Leah around. I don't think what we saw her do to Leah was, like, abuse, but we definitely kind of, like, saw her throwing her around, ignoring her, having a very short temper, uh, in regards to all things Leah, and I would imagine it's very much the same with James. So, in this fight, Amber is screaming about cameras. Where are the cameras? Where are the cameras? Where are the cameras? And Andrew says that the cam. I guess they went to California for a full month, like from January to February. And I guess Andrew set up cameras in the house to monitor why they were gone, which a lot of people do. A lot of people have cameras in their house in 2019. I don't think that's crazy. And Amber's screaming like, Show me the cameras, you fucking bitch. This isn't normal. You're only doing this because I'm on TV. Um, And Andrew says that Amber chopped one of the cameras with a sword. (laughs) Uh, And Amber basically, like, agrees. And it's like, yeah, because you have fucking cameras in my room, dude. Um, Andrew... I'm sorry, I'm reading from Ashley right now, who, like, kind of transcribed it, but, like, not really. Um, Amber starts screaming that she is 
going to have Andrew go to prison, and when he goes to prison, he's going to get raped by 30 people, and he's just going to take it? I... <laughs> uh, and Andrew's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you get raped. It's like, like, she's screaming at him like that. You'll get raped. There's a level of cruelty that is really unnerving, I guess. I mean, I know that sounds crazy because, like, she's an abuser. But there's just something that's so upsetting about listening to this. Ugh. I feel awful for Andrew. And James, who is witnessing, you know, this whole thing. So, it continues that, um... In a nor- Amber screaming, like, in a normal relationship, people wouldn't take videos of people. It's only because I'm on TV, which, you know, I agree. Like, if Andrew was filming, like, the house and An- Amber didn't consent to that, that wasn't okay, of course. But I, I believe that that wasn't what was going on there. I also believe that he was recording things for proof, you know. <sighs> One thing that I found really frustrating is... There are a lot of comments like, why would he even record her? Why would he even record her? But, like, in this audio, she's like, don't even think about taking me to court. No one will ever fucking believe you. You are a liar. I will win. And then it's like, that's why he recorded her. Because she was telling him, like, you will never win if you take me to court. I will always beat you. Nobody will ever believe anything you said. And, like, a lot of people weren't believing things that Amber. Andrew said. And, like, people are still defending Amber when it comes to this stuff, which I'm going to get into. And the audio kind of ends with Amber saying that she's going to kill him. Like, she says, I will fucking kill you. Which... Oh, she also calls him... Sorry for saying this. She calls him retarded. Um, She says, you're really dumb, okay? For you to even think that is stupid and retarded and you're an idiot. You should not have woke me up this morning. I told you a million times. Hi, yay. So that was like, ooh, like shocking to me at least. It was like really shocking and hard to hear. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I could believe it. It was just, it's just, you know, hearing it is always going to be something, is always going to be different than just like imagining it or like hearing what Andrew has to say about it. So then, the next day, Katie, without a curse of all, releases what I think is even more damning audio. Um, it's really bad. So I'm going to read the transcript because Reddit user spiritual camera was nice enough to type it up. Okay, so it says, Amber, um, I'm telling James when he's older, I'm telling James that you're a trash bag. Andrew responds, tell him you didn't want him. How about that? I will say that. I wanted a baby later, when I was in my 30s. 32 is when I wanted to have a baby. So you tell me I didn't have a baby for 10 years? Fat ass. Okay, I want to interject here. A lot of people are bringing up that she had talked about her miscarriage with Matt on the show and are saying she must have lied about that. But I do want to point out that she said I didn't have a baby for 10 years, not that I was not pregnant for 10 years. And Amber is clearly in a crazy rage here. And to me, it's like, yeah, it's going to be obvious that, she, you know, like, <laughs> how do I want to explain this? Like, obviously, she's going to be not, like, I don't know. It's like, to me, that doesn't mean she was lying. It just means that she was in a rage and saying, I didn't have a baby for 10 years. By the way, I could easily include the audio here, 
but it's like really bad and really triggering for a lot of people. And I think it's too much to include the podcast. So you can easily listen to the first clip on my Instagram and you can easily listen to the second clip on Without a Crystal Ball YouTube. Uh, it's The video is called Exclusive Shocking Audio of Amber Portwood on Christmas Eve because, oh, this happened on Christmas Eve and it starts around 3.36. I just think it's too much to include. Okay, so back. And I also think like hearing me say it, well, obviously upsetting is just a little different. Okay, so Andrew responds, how did you have them with me then? Amber says, tell me how, motherfucker. And she's kind of just like attacking Andrew. Andrew yells, ow, ow, stop, stop. I'm holding James. Amber screams back, tell me how. I'm holding James. Tell me how in 10 years I didn't have a baby. I'm holding James. Stop hitting me. Answer the question. Stop hitting me. Tell me I didn't have a baby for 10 years. I don't know because you were smarter because you're on birth control maybe. Now you're not. Now what? Fat ass. You fucking fat ass. You fat fuck. You don't deserve me. I'm going to get my body back. Uh, Andrew says nobody deserves this. Amber, you're a disgusting fat ass. I can't wait to blow you out of the fucking water. You will never have a career in this industry, but I will make hundreds of thousands of fucking dollars. Okay, so I know... I, none of this is funny, (laughs) but like Amber thinking she has like some heavy pool in the entertainment industry is like really funny to me. I'm wondering how Amber Portwood of, in Indiana of all people thinks she's going to like be able to blacklist Andrew from working. That's like a crazy thing to me. Andrew responds to this. Why are you so abusive? Because you're a disgusting, abusive man who used my body. I'm going to say to you one more time, you ugly fucking fat ass. Get out of my house now. Get out of my house. Take him and go. Andrew, why are you acting like this? I'm going to, Amber, I'm going to make a statement to the press about everything. Get out of my fucking house. It's done. Andrew, calm down. You have the audacity to say shit to me? Andrew, calm down. Amber, bitch. Andrew, you need to take your medication too. Honey, please. Amber, I'm making a stand. I'm making a statement to the press. Andrew, why? Amber, we are broken up and that is why. Andrew, because I got you pregnant, that's going to fly. James babe, James babbles in the background. Hey, Bubba's. I guess so. He, you did hear him. Amber, yeah, you get him. Go. Andrew, we both. Amber, one. Andrew, had sex. Amber, two. Andrew, what? Something crashes in the background. Andrew, ah, Amber screaming, get out. Andrew, you're going to throw something at me with the baby. Amber, I will kill you. I will kill you. Get out. Andrew, what is going on? Amber mutters something in the background. Andrew, what things? What thing? Amber, I will stab you in the neck. Andrew, why are you going to stab me in the neck? And that's where the audio ends. So, you know, there's a lot going on here. I do think it's kind of funny that... People are, not funny, but people are like, she he, she told him to leave, so why didn't he just leave there? And it's like, because this shit is complicated. Um, I want to make a point where people say, so this was Christmas Eve 2018, and, you know, everybody's like, so why didn't he leave then? Why didn't he leave then? As we've discussed on this podcast a million times, I understand it's a natural instinct to be like, well, why didn't they leave at the first sign of abuse? But, you know... First of all, I want people to remember it takes a domestic violence victim on average seven times to leave a relationship. 
an abusive relationship and that the abuse only started in ours 2018, according to Andrew, the physical abuse. And he left by the beginning of July 2014. That's actually like an extremely short window of time that he was in a physically abusive relationship. It usually takes abuse victims years to leave. And so the fact that he was able to leave after only, you know, a handful of violent incidences is pretty remarkable. Um, I want to remind people that he had a small child with this woman. He was living far from his family. When you say, well, why didn't he leave? My question is kind of like, where was he supposed to go? It, Amber was the bread ma- the breadwinner. Amber was the one in control of their finances. Although I think Andrew had like complete access to them. So sure, I guess and theoretically he could have like went and gotten an apartment with her money. But like it wasn't, you know, it's not his money. Um, I think Amber really did hold a lot of the power in this relationship. Obviously, she was the abuser. And the fact is, like, most abuse victims don't want to leave. And we see how Amber gets. And we see how remorseful and upset she gets. And I can only imagine when she comes down, like, the honeymoon period that they have. I just really wish that we, as a society, as a family, (laughs) as people, could stop like, going to the question, like, well, why didn't they leave? Why didn't they leave? Because it's not a productive question. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you're applying rational thought to any rational situation. Uh, Abuse is very irrational because it takes a a a certain amount of emotional breaking down of a person, emotional manipulation, emotional abuse before you get to the physical abuse situation. So you're asking a person that is in a irrational situation to apply rational thought. And the reality is, is that most abusers do not get with people who will leave after the first time that they're hit. Um, That's just not how abusers work. And they are cunning and smart, usually, in who they pick to victimize. And there's a reason that they don't pick people that that will leave immediately. You know, they pick the person that will stay. And it just, it doesn't help anyone. And the reality is, it's like, okay, so Andrew leaves and then he leaves in December, let's say after. Let's say he left in August after this first incident of domestic violence. Like, so then he's living alone in Indiana, no family, no friends, no job. Um, and sharing custody with Amber. Now, we all know Amber probably wouldn't actually follow through on sharing custody, but he would not have been able to get full custody. He would not have been able to get supervised visits. And maybe in the end, him waiting until there was a really bad incident, while it might not have been the smartest decision and the best decision for him and James, in the end, it might be the thing that keeps both of them safest for the longest amount of time. And I think we should consider that. And we should you know, put that in consideration when we think like, well, why didn't he leave? Why didn't he leave? But now most likely he's going to be granted, if not full custody, there's going to be supervised visits for Amber. I think it just will be a better situation. So of course, the backlash to this has been, Kate and Tyler had to kind of come out and tweet that they were basically not supporting Amber. They're supporting Andrew. They pray for everyone involved. Um, I think Kate and Tyler, I don't know. I've been really easy on Kate lately. 
guys, I don't know what flipped to me. Maybe it was like when I met them and like we're great friends. No, but for whatever reason, I just find Kate so harmless. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. I find her to be so harmless that everything she does, I'm truly like, mm, don't care. She's a little dumb, dumb, but whatever. Um, so I think that with Kate and Kate obviously was showing like a lot of support for Amber. Macy and Cheyenne also were. Um, but people were really going hard on Caitlyn and Tyler to basically retract their support for her. And fair, like, I guess. But also, like, I don't know. I don't understand why people expect Caitlyn and Tyler to have any common sense in their heads. I think that's why I've been going so easy on them because I've accepted that they're both so dumb and just so their worldview is so limited and small. But the Without a Curse of All YouTuber was kind of going hard on them on Twitter and I guess her live stream, which I don't, I think just on Twitter, I don't know, I kind of piece it together via Reddit, but going so hard on them that they basically reached out to her privately and told them what they were feeling and then she said that everything is okay. I don't really know. I don't, that's a little hard for me to understand. But Caitlin and Tyler have basically said, like, praying for everyone involved. Tyler said he reached out, reached out to Andrew public, privately. Um, I think that it would be nice if the whole cast kind of came out and said, we don't condone anything Amber's done and we don't think she should be on this show anymore. But I also don't expect them to do that. Um, I think they're all a little scared of their show getting canceled. But, I, like, at the same time, it's like everybody came out against Janelle. I don't understand why everybody, well, I do understand because Amber doesn't fight with her cast members. Like, she doesn't fight with Macy, Cheyenne, Kate, and Tyler. Like, Janelle already had such bad blood with everybody that it was easy for everybody to be like, yo, fuck Janelle, get her off our show. But it's a little harder when it comes to Amber, at least for them, because they all view Amber as their friend. I also think Kate's like a follower, and if Macy and Cheyenne come out, and I think Cheyenne did tweet something like praying for everyone, which is kind of a cop out. But I think if Macy and Cheyenne came out and took hard stances against Amber, then Kate would as well. Um, I also really, I don't get like why this audio changes anything for anyone. It's just shocking to me that everybody couldn't see that Amber was this way from the beginning. If such a large contingency of the audience could, the Ashley's reporting that the executives at MTV, after the first audio came out, had a big uh, conference call about what to do. That was before the second, in my opinion, even worse audio came out. Like, in my opinion, the second audio is worse than the first one. I don't know why. It just, it's so fucking wild, that second one. Um, and I don't see how they go forward with Amber on this show. I would be genuinely upset if they did. I think it would be really shitty. I don't... According to Ashley, Amber isn't filming. I guess MTV was in Indiana last week, but it's possible they were just filming Gary. I guess her lawyers have told her to stop filming. Amber hasn't responded to any of this. I'm also assuming her lawyers um, got on the phone with her last week and were like, hey, you know when you go on Instagram Live and tell Andrew you're going to, like, ruin his whole life? Uh, just so you know, that is a violation of the no contact order. So, like, maybe don't do that. <laughs> I'm thinking her social media passwords have been taken away from her. <laughs> but she has not responded to it. I think that MTV desperately needs to fire her. Like, I think that that is the only uh, solution that they can have. I understand that they were trying to, like, wait for um, 
what were they trying to do? Wait for, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, they were trying to wait for, like, to see if she was found guilty or not. But, like, these audio tapes are her being guilty. Regardless of anything Andrew ever did to her, it would basically never justify, like, the response that she had there. Um, and, and even if, like, he was also abusive, which I just don't believe to be the case in this, uh, situation, Andrew would also be fired. You know what I mean? Like, they, they're both being removed from MTV, regardless of if it was a mutually abusive relationship or not, like, they, this whole thing needs to be taken off of Teen Mom. Um, sucks for Gary and Christina. (laughs) I would be fucking pissed if I was Gary and Christina, but... Amber needs to be off the show. It It's not good. It's not good. These audio tapes, it's like, how are you going to have these audio tapes out there? And then have a season of, like, Amber talking about how she didn't do anything wrong and how she's innocent because we know that's how it's going to go. Um, according to Ashley, also, they're thinking about, they're trying to get Amber into treatment, but she's refusing to go. They offered to send her to the place that Kate went, which is literally insane. The idea that Amber and Kate need anything close to the same level of care is beyond. Kate needed to go somewhere where, you know, they could regulate her meds. She could go to groups. She could chill out. She could, like, make friends, get some confidence in herself. Um, I think it was beneficial for Kate. Amber needs to go to a serious, like, mental health hospital like Shepherd's Pratt in Baltimore or McLean in Boston. Uh, There are really renowned institutes throughout the country that are very expensive, but very effective in which she would have like daily constant contact with psychiatrists, psych nurses, um, doctors, therapists, like she needs to be in a 24-7 lockdown facility for a significant amount of time. I know of a woman who went to a borderline personality disorder program at Shepherd's Pratt. I don't know if it actually did anything for her, but it was like a six week long program. They had DBT often. It really is important that Amber gets the level of care that she needs and doesn't just like go to a fucking you know, like, see a psychiatrist once a week, have one-on-ones with your therapist every once in a while, and do groups during the day, which I imagine Kate's was more like that. I think Kate's was more like a drug rehab. I don't think she was in drug rehab, but it was more like a drug rehab than what Amber needs. Uh, I think that, obviously, MTV is a little worried about optics here. I think there is a real, real concern that Amber will kill herself, I have a real concern that Amber will kill herself. As I've said the whole time I've had this podcast, I've always been concerned about that for Amber. And I really am concerned that if she gets fired, that will happen. But I don't think that should stop MTV from firing her. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't um, just continue it to indulge a person's abusive behaviors because you're scared of the consequences. That just cannot be a thing. And I think that's been a thing for Amber for a long time. But I think MTV is genuinely, if I was an MTV executive, I would be genuinely worried about firing Amber and her killing herself and what that means for the network and the show. I think they would have to cancel Teen Mom OG for sure. Maybe the whole franchise if they fire Amber and she kills herself. That would be so bad. I don't know. I would maybe have to cancel this podcast like 
just a heads up, guys, if Amber kills herself, like, feathers in my hair might be done. I don't know how we, like, continue the podcast after something like that happens. Um, So I think that their ultimate goal is probably to get Amber in a facility or at least, like, have on record that they were trying to get her in a facility. So if she does hurt herself, that they can kind of turn around and be like, no, 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 we did everything we could, which is really sad and dark, but it's not like they really care about Amber. They care about the optics. It's why they had to fire Janelle. Like, I still believe they absolutely did not want to fire Janelle, but they had to. There was no way they could keep her on this show. Um, I don't think that there is nearly as much outcry about Amber and nearly as much advertiser contact as there is with Amber, but I do think that, like, MTV is very aware that keeping her on the show with those audio tapes out there is going to be very hard for them. Um, I, oh, one more thing. A lot of people are saying, like, if this is leaked, Andrew can't use it in court, but I don't believe that to be true from my understanding. I think it's possibly unlikely that he'll be able to use them in court for the July 4th incident. It's all, you know, it's all kind of case by case if the uh, prosecutor could get it in or not, but Amber has what I'm assuming are high-powered defense attorneys because she has a lot of money and access to a lot of money. So I would guess they're fighting to keep it out. But usually you can't have, in a criminal case, you can't have that, like, you can't have stuff that isn't relevant to the crime that happened that night because it could, per- like, it could uh, prejudice the jury against her. And just because she was abusive towards Andrew in the past doesn't mean that she was that night. But a good prosecutor would definitely argue uh, to get it in to show that she has, like, you know, a pattern of behaviors. But it's, I would guess that those will probably not be able to be played in court for the July 4th incident. Not that this is going to court or trial. There's no way. She's going to take a plea deal. I would be kind of surprised if she got jail time just because she's rich and she has good attorneys. And although she does have prior offenses, it has been 10 years since those prior offenses. And... Mm, that's a long time. I would be pretty surprised if she got jail time, if she took a plea deal that involved jail time. But this, there's no way this is going to trial anyway. Um, where I do think that these tapes are relevant is obviously for their custody case. And just because they've been released to the public doesn't mean that they can't be used in the custody case. I'm not really sure why people jump to that conclusion, that because it was leaked by somebody that it can't be used, but that's not the case at all. Um, yeah, so that's it for the Amber drama of this week. Hopefully, by the time I talk next week, we are going to find out that, um, Amber's been fired from this show. So let's get to the T-Mom 2 reunion premiere right after a quick break. Well, I didn't hate this episode. (laughs) Chelsea finally showing us her real life. Ugh, it was thrilling to see that. Um, let's just start with Bray. So we find out Bray is still with John. They're doing well long distance, and Devon has really been showing up and doing well. So she's gonna let Devon have Nova for a overnight, basically a whole weekend. I'm guessing like a Saturday to a Sunday. It's the night of their father daughter dance. Which look, do I normally hate father daughter dances on this podcast? Yes. Did I find this father-daughter dance very cute? Yes. I have a soft spot for Devon. I can't help it. I don't know why. The bar is so fucking low for Devon that as soon as he, like, just shows up and is nice, I'm like, oh, Devon's such a good dad. 
which is really bad. I don't know why I'm like this with Devon. I think we all are. Not all of us. Like me and the DeJesus women. <laughs> I speak of a we because we are a we. I think they would let me be like a part of a we with them, don't you think? <laughs> Do you think they'll let me move into the new house, Brebot? <laughs> uh, so... Nova has some blue hair, which is really cute, and we see Devon and Bree take Nova to the father-daughter dance. Devon meets them there. Bree leaves. They have a cute little night. I was really shocked that they filmed in the father-daughter dance, that nobody's faces were blurred, so everybody agreed. Let me tell you one thing I would never, ever allow for my child to be on reality TV, especially on the show Teen Mom. No, thank you. So... Um, I did notice Devon had Gucci shoes. I hope they were fake because how much child support has he given Bray in his life? <laughs> um, it's so basically the next day, Bree is like, wow, this is kind of weird. Like, I haven't heard from Devon since this morning. And Brittany's like, you're just freaking out. They're going to the pool today. They're just having fun. Like, I'm sure he's not paying attention to his phone. Don't worry about it. His phone probably died. And Bree's like, no, it's really weird. Plus, if his phone died, like, they wouldn't be able to Uber home. So, I don't really understand, like, what what's going on, why he's not answering me. It's just weird. Usually, when he has Noah, he's, like, really, he answers and responds to me. So, Brie is, like, starting to kind of freak out. Like, her intuition is just going crazy. Brittany keeps telling her, like, calm down. And Brie's like, you know what? No, I, like, I know where they are. They're at the community pool. Like, I'm just going to go over there and make sure everything's okay. Which I personally think, like, she's well within her rights. Although, I will say, when they told this story at the reunion, I could have sworn she said that Nova texted her that there was a problem. Do you guys all remember that at the reunion when Brittany or when Brie was telling the story and she's like, well, Nova texted me that she was upset or it was on social media or somewhere that Nova texted her that Devon was drunk. I swear that happened. But let's also remember, like, I think this I kind of I don't know, actually, though, because Nova texting that something's wrong is a good story. But I think maybe what's even a better story is like. Brie having this intuition and going to the pool and finding them and her being right. Like, I I would get why MTV would go for that. So, she goes, she finds him at the pool, and Devon is, like, shit-faced drunk. Like, he's not just drunk. Like, he's cross-faded. Like, obviously, he had been smoking. Like, it was at least obvious to me that that's what it seemed like. She picks him up, gets him in the car to drive them back to uh, Devon's apartment so she could drop him off and they could get Nova's stuff. And Devon, like, ha- brings his drink with him, is, like, spilling his alcohol drink, like, all over the car. At one point, he, like, nods out, which is why I think he was, uh, high, too, because he, like, his eyes literally close and, like, his head drops. Like, he's on fucking dope, which I don't think he was. I think he was just that fucked up. Mind you guys, it's, like, it's the middle of the fucking day. He had his daughter, um, I know Bree said online that Nova, like, isn't a great swimmer, which is, you know, I, we have to remember also that Nova's only six. She's in first grade, right? I think she's in first grade. She's six or seven, but she's young. She's not, you know, 10. I feel like she's still at the age where, like, you need to be pretty aware of her in the pool, especially if she's not regularly swimming all the time. I know when I was, like, seven, I was basically left alone in the pool, but I had also been swimming for a really long time from a young age and, like, had passed my swim test in my neighborhood pool so I could go in the deep end 
And I think that, uh, according to Brie, at least, like, that's not where Nova is swimming-wise. So, um, Brie picks up Nova. Oh, right, right. And she, you can tell she's, like, pissed. But she doesn't really, like, she yells at him, but, like, not, she doesn't go in like she could. <laughs> Uh, Brie, or Nova's in the backseat. You can tell she's uncomfortable. And Brie's like, are you okay? And Devon did something that really irked me. It really bothered me. Because he was like, she's okay, baby girl. That baby girl, she's perfect. There's nothing wrong with her. And I really, I didn't like that. I don't know if he's doing it, like, on purpose. But you don't tell a kid. You know, like, obviously she seemed a little upset. Brie was trying to talk to Nova. And Devon wasn't letting her say what she wanted to say. He was like, no, no, she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. When she wasn't fine. So they go back into the apartment and on the way in there, Devon is trying to like, he put his arm around Nova and she like pushes him off. He tries to hold her hand and she like pushes him off. There was no audio though. So I couldn't tell if she was like, okay, a kid could do that because they're genuinely upset and mad or a kid could do that because they're like laughing and joking around and without being able to hear if she was going like Ugh, or if she was laughing it's kind of hard to tell but obviously mtv wanted us to think that she was upset about it so brie packs her stuff up brings her home brie's ass looked crazy in this bike short she was wearing did you guys notice that like i cannot believe that this is her after she needs to pay money to go see a real surgeon to get like a complete reduction in reshaping it looked it looked so bad i cannot believe she let dr miami butcher her twice <sighs> so upsetting so brie brings nova home she, the girls go and take a bath in a shower and brie talks to Brittany and roxanne and Brittany and roxanne are I think everybody's, like, mostly disappointed. Brittany right away, like, apologizes for not trusting Bree's mother and mother's intuition, which I thought was funny. And Roxanne is just, like, you can tell Roxanne is just so shocked and, like, blown away. She really thought Devon had been doing well. She was like, I'm just so disappointed. I can't believe he did this. I'm so disappointed. And I think that's how we all feel. We as in me and the DeJesuses. Um... Devon just, like, really was stepping up and showing up. And you know what I will say? Like, Devon on social media has not said a single bad word to Brie about this, has been extremely apologetic, was saying he's, like, 100% in the wrong, because he was. The fact is, this was Devon's first weekend ever with Nova. And if he couldn't abstain from alcohol or just had one drink when he was at the pool, like, the fact that he would treat that as, like, a full-blown day party is crazy, Bree's saying, like, there's no lifeguard at this community pool. Like, his phone is dead. He couldn't get an Uber. He couldn't call me if something was wrong. Like, it was just so inappropriate, and I completely agree with this. It's not like I'm a square that's, like, parents should never drink around their kids. But it's, like, Devon has finally, for the first time, been allowed to spend time alone with Nova, and he's finally building trust with Brianna, and then the first thing that he does when he gets her alone is gets, like, shitty drunk in the middle of the day at a pool. Like, the most dangerous place you can have a kid. It's just so fucked up. Uh, apparently, none of their family's ever been drunk around Nova, which I think is good and nice. And Bree's like, look, I gave him a little and he just shit all over it. And I completely agree. I think that Bree is completely in the right here. If I was Bree, I would be... I would have been livid. I just would have been so fucking mad. It's like, how are you going to take, like, 
the one chance that I give you and fuck it up so disasterly. Ugh. All right. Leah had a really boring segment. It was basically, I really don't like when they just, like, take us back to the reunion. Like, I don't need to see behind the scenes of the reunion. We know from the reunion show that Leah and Jeremy fucked. Like, they talked about it, basically, on the reunion show. Oreo, her sister Victoria, who, if you're a new listener, I call because that's what they used to always call her, and that's her nickname, Leah's sister Victoria Oreo. Because I guess when she was a kid, when Leah was a kid, she couldn't pronounce Victoria, so they called her Oreo. Her makeup looked crazy. I was kind of surprised that that was Oreo's first time in New York and that she'd never been to a reunion. Um, at least they made it sound like she had never been in New York because Oreo was like, I love New York already. Um, you could tell Oreo was like feeling herself in New York City. Like Victoria was out of West Virginia. Did we talk last week? Did I? I think I forgot to talk about it. I talked about it at the end of the episode that Victoria is pregnant by a guy that she met in Costa Rica who was like a raft guide. <laughs> Apparently her divorce just finalized like yesterday and she's pregnant for a third time. I think this is the third dad. I think. Thrilling. Thrilling. Cannot wait to see this play out because they're in Costa Rica next week. So I guess this is when Oreo's going to meet her baby dad. They're like, she went to Costa Rica, I guess, and they like took maternity pictures. They're really leaning into laughing about this, which you know what? I appreciate. Um, Basically, this whole episode is just about like Jeremy and Leah fucking. And first of all, they talk about how Addie, I say first of all so fucking much on this podcast. I don't think I say it that much in real life. I just say it a lot. Um, I would like to not say it anymore, but as you all know, I'm in a fugue state while I'm recording this, and I don't know what words come out of my mouth. <laughs> I cannot help it. Once somebody asked me if I could stop cursing on this podcast so much, and I was like, to be honest, no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that will be a thing that I can do. <sighs> so... The big problem with Leah and Jeremy hooking up is that Addie clearly knows they are because Addie will ask, like, Mom, do you like, like my dad? And we'll ask Jeremy, like, Dad, do you like, like my mom? Uh, they're like, ah, she's just so confused. And we're like laughing about it. I'm like, that's not funny. <laughs> like a month ago, Leah was like, don't you love Jason? And now she's fucking Jeremy in front of them. It's just, it's just crazy. Leah also says that her and Jeremy have always gotten along and they've always liked each other. And I'm like, since when? <laughs> Leah and Jeremy have had a terrible co-parenting relationship, a terrible divorce. A t- like, they've always been fighting. When she said that, I was like, what kind of revisionist history are we doing here? <sighs> oh, so crazy. But that's really all that happened. It was a kind of an anticlimactic uh it's a very anticlimactic Leah episode this week. Sorry, I'm getting so many phone calls. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but somebody is using my phone number, and now he goes by the name Adam, but he used to go by the name Peter, and he calls different apartment complexes, I swear to God, throughout the United States and sets up apartment showings and gives them my phone number. I have no idea why he does it. I, like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't think it's someone just, like, you know, trying to get me to get harassing phone calls because the level of effort that would be needed when you could easily, like, 
go online. Like Jesse, my friend Jesse, who is on this podcast sometimes, Jesse once had somebody uh, who didn't like her put her phone number on Craigslist and said that she had like a a low mileage Honda Civic, like not old Honda Civic for sale for $5,000. And she got like a thousand phone calls about it. Like there are so many low effort ways to have somebody spam your phone number. And this is not it. Like this person is literally calling different apartment complexes, talking to these people, setting up showings, and then doesn't show up. And so I get a ton of calls, especially on, like, Saturdays. It's a big apartment showing day. Being like, hey, you missed your showing. Or he gets disconnected and or hangs up on people a lot. So I get callbacks where we're like, hey, Adam, we were just in the middle of talking. We were talking about the 2-1. We got disconnected. Um, sometimes they'll text to like confirm stuff and I'll respond. And once I was like texting with a lady who worked in an apartment complex and she was like, that is the most bizarre thing ever. We, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, trust me, I know. And I know it's somebody like, there's no way he's authentically looking for these apartments because they're literally like in multiple states, like Georgia, Kansas, Louisiana, Pennsylvania, California, like all over the country. Um, so there's no way he's actually looking for them. But the thing is, it's like, I can't figure out like what scam he could be doing, like what he could be gaining from setting up these showings. I don't know why he's using my number. Apparently it's somebody with a foreign accent. Um, it's not like a robot. It's like an actual person. I don't know what a person could actually be getting from doing this, but often I have to put my phone on do not disturb because I'll get like 10 of these calls a day and then I won't get calls for a while None of it makes sense. I even wrote him to reply all tech support, although I didn't get an answer, but I should write again and be like, hey, this is still happening. And I save all of the voicemails in case I get on reply all because I want them to like go on. I want to go on tech support on reply all podcast and have them figure out why the fuck this is happening. There's nobody in my life that would be doing this like spam me. I'm guessing you just kind of like picked a phone number and it's mine. But my thing is, it's like, what's the scam? I just, I don't understand what is the scam. It's also not frequent enough that I feel like I need to change my number because I've literally had the same number since I was in like seventh grade. And remember, I'm 31 now. (laughs) So I've had the same number since I was 12. (laughs) Had the same phone number for basically 20 years. (laughs) For almost 20 years, and I just, like, cannot, I just don't want to change his phone number. Like, I didn't change my phone number when I got sober. Like, I just don't want to change it. And I, so the calls aren't, like, all day, every day. They just, like, happen in bursts when he's doing his scamming. And then occasionally I'll get, like, calls randomly, like, hey, just seeing if you still want that apartment. I haven't heard from you in a while. And today I'm getting a ton of them, and I think it's just because it's a Saturday, and he probably set up a lot of showings that he's blowing off, and they're calling to see where he is. But it's just, it's so crazy. If you have ever heard of this, let me know, because it just, it makes, it makes no sense. Like, it does, there's just, I cannot figure out what the end goal is from here. Anybody that I tell to, it makes no sense. Like I said, I've talked to people in leasing offices via text, and they're like, wow, that makes no sense. Um, yeah, if you know either Adam or PJ at Reply All, like, please tell them to put me on tech support so we can figure this out because I think it'd be a good mystery. But I also think that there's no way to find out, like, what, what the person's scamming. So maybe they don't want to do it because they'll never have a solution. Anyway, let's talk about Kale. 
Kale had an extremely boring episode. Here's the thing. I actually really like this episode. There's just not that much to talk about it with. Except there's a lot to talk about with Jade and Chelsea. I cannot believe Chelsea is the one there's a lot to talk about. But Kale takes all three kids to Mexico. She is no longer building her house because she's single. Literally. She's like, I just always envisioned building my house with somebody that I loved. So I'm just not going to do it anymore. And I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Some, I think something fell through. I think maybe her construction loan fell through. Remember, since then, Kate has moved in, Kale's moved into a house, um, like an $800,000 house, huge house, but very ugly McMansion. Has a really nice pool, though. Uh, she moved into a huge McMansion. The kitchen is really weird. I'm not a big fan of it. And she, in Middletown, Delaware, which is an hour from Dover, so she's going to drive her boys to and from school every day when she has them, which seems crazy. Although the schools are much better in Middleton, so maybe Javi will let her change his Lincoln school. I don't see Joe letting her change uh, Isaac's school. I'd be really surprised if Joe let her change Isaac's school. But she's taking the kids to Mexico and... Honestly, I don't really understand why she went on this trip. She never goes on trips alone, which I get. Um, she always, like, will bring a friend to help her with the kids. And I really see why in this episode. The thing is, it's like her boys are really in two different of ages to take... Well, okay. I think just taking three kids on vacation by yourself is hard anyway. Um, I don't really understand why she didn't go to a resort that had, like, a big kids club where the kids could spend all day in the kids club. Um, I think that that would have been a much more enjoyable vacation for everyone. And you know what? Maybe she did. And maybe it was just the first day. So they were trying like to be on their own and MTV was there. So they were filming. And then all the other days, the bigger boys went to the kids club because Isaac is what? Nine, eight or nine. Lincoln is five and Lux is two at this point. Not even two at this point. And those are really, they're all kind of in different like swim levels so a beach vacation where it's just the two of them or a pool vacation is really hard you know we saw it like kale isaac wanted to swim in the deep end but she didn't want him to be swimming alone without anybody watching uh lincoln can't get in the deep end without kale in the pool with him which makes sense because he's only five and i or lux obviously like can't go in the deep end at all because he's a literal baby so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that she would take them on a vacation where the main activities are going in the pool and going to the beach because, like, if it's just the two of them. Like, if there was another adult, what they would do is one of the adults would go in the pool with the bigger boys and one of them would stay with Lux. And, like, that would be great. I What I think she should have done is, and I hope that this is what she did and we kind of just didn't see it for MTV and she didn't talk about it, would be that Isaac and Lincoln went to the kids club. You know, a lot of these resorts have like incredible kids club activities where they spend all day with kids their age, having fun, going to the pool, they do baking and crafts and it's like going to camp for a week basically. Um, I used to really, we would go to Mexico when I was a kid, and they had, like, a kids' activity thing, which I really liked. Um, yeah, that, to me, makes more sense, and I'm guessing that's probably what happened. Or maybe the hotel's kids' club just ended up sucking, or her kids don't like going to it. But it just, I, she's like, well, I have to take them because I want this spring break to be memorable for them. But it's like, does it need to be? They're like, well, she's like, well, it would just be, like, so memorable for them to go to a pool that isn't our, ours. And it's like, 
does it need to be? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think Kale has a lot of that, like, that mentality of she grew up poor and didn't get to do anything. So she has to have her boys doing stuff all the time to, like, build these memories that to her seems so important to her adult brain because she's like, I would have loved to do this as a kid. But the only reason that she thinks she would have loved it so much is because she didn't have the opportunity to do it. And because the boys kind of get these vacations all of the time, you know, Lincoln is goes like on five vacations a year between her and Javi. Um, Isaac was just in Puerto Rico. Like, they do a lot of vacations, these kids. And, like, she didn't need to take them to Mexico without another adult. And it didn't seem fun for anybody. Like, it seemed stressful. And, like, like I said, I'm sure they went to the kids club the other day. And it was fine. But I just don't really get, like, why she was like, we have to do this. And it's like, I don't think you have to. I'm also surprised that she couldn't find anybody to go with her. Like, none of her friends wanted a free trip to Mexico. She has so many friends that, like, babysit her kids. She could have called me. I would have went. Kale, Kale, hun, next time you want to go, hit me up. I'm a great babysitter. You and I would have, actually, I'm sure, a lot of fun. It'd be, just get me my own room. All I require is my ticket and my own room. I'll even pay for my own food when I'm there. Please. And I'll watch your fucking kids. You can go. I'll stay with Lux and just have fun with Lux. Or I'll get in the pool if you don't want to. Girl, call me. (laughs) FaceTime me, Kale. (laughs) I told you guys I'm going to pop up as FaceTime me with Kale one day. But what if I actually pop up as her vacation babysitter? Oh my god, I would cancel this podcast just so I could, like, now be in Kale's life enough to go on vacations with her. Not that I, like, want to be friends with Kale. I just want to take free vacations to cool places. (laughs) Oh, god. All right, let's talk about Jade. So, welcome, Jade. Um, I thought Jade fit in pretty well. I've always said that I thought Jade was a good pick, Ashley from Teen Mom Young and Pregnant has been talking about how that they offered her the spot, but she turned them down because she was happy with Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. Like, get fucked. I don't believe that for one fucking second. That would be like, no, no, I just really, I want to stay on the minor league team if you're a baseball player. Like, I don't want to go to the big leagues. Like, first of all, we don't even know for sure if we're getting another Teen Mom Young and Pregnant season. Like, we better be. They've filmed a whole season, but they could really pull Teen Mom New Jersey on us or 16 Pregnant that last season and just never fucking air it. The idea that you would turn down the bigger show is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. There's just no way. There's no way she did that. It doesn't make any sense. And it also, it doesn't have a big impact on them filming wise if they're on Team Mom 2 or Team Mom Young and Pregnant. Like, a lot of Jade's scenes were filmed for Team Mom Young and Pregnant. Like, all of this early stuff we're seeing is Team Mom Young and Pregnant footage. Because Janelle didn't get fired until May, right? Because it was right before May 8th. Um, it was right before my anniversary. And so, I mean, and this is all, like, winter stuff that we're seeing. So this is definitely all Team Mom Young and Pregnant footage. Um, and you just go to different reunions. Oh, and you're on the way more popular show that's more likely to be aired, and you're more likely to make more money and get more followers. It's just such bullshit. It's so funny, this idea that, like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, right, Ashley. Get fucked. Ugh, I cannot wait for Team Mom Young and Pregnant to come back. If Team Mom Young and Pregnant doesn't come back, guys, I'm going to have to quit this podcast. I'm going to be so 
pissed. I've threatened to quit this podcast, I think, six times in this episode. <laughs> if Amber hurts herself, I'm going to have to quit. If Kale wants me to be her babysitter and go on vacations, I'll probably have to quit. And if Team Mom Young and Pregnant doesn't come back, I'll have to quit. I cannot be expected to work under any of those conditions. <laughs> so Jade. Jade gives us a rundown. We, like, find out who she is. And... Jade gets a new car. Remember, she drove that yellow Xterra before, and she got a Mercedes, which seems like a bad choice. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm, I'm dying to know what her car payments are. I'm dying to know what her credit looks like and what her car payments are, because I have a feeling, you know, based on my time working at the predatory car lending bank thing that I worked at, that her car payments are high and that she has a high interest rate, because I just feel like she has bad credit. Like, that might be rude, but it's just my truth, and I have to speak it. I bet she's paying, like, $340 or more on, like, a fucking 15-year-old Mercedes. Because that was also not a new Mercedes. It just seems crazy to me. It's, girl, get a newer car that has better safety, that's better. Like, she probably, did you have to put premium in that car? Oh, what is she doing? I can't imagine what the insurance is. Like, get a fucking Honda. Yeah, I know new Hondas are expensive, but get like a nice 2014 Honda like I have. Pay $12,000 for it. Come on, Jade. Make better choices. Now, I'm sure she's making a lot of money from Cameo. By the way, if you want a Cameo for me, you can get one. <laughs> I think I make nice Cameos. You will like it. Um, but I'm sure she makes a decent amount of money between the show, between Cameo, between Instagram, between all the 9,000 jobs she's had since we've known her. But still, there's just, it's just so funny that she was like, this was the best choice for me. Um, Sean hands her six, she's like supposed to be surprising Sean with the car. And he's like, well, here, I wanted to do something for you. And I told you I'd help with the car. So here's $1,600 in cash. <laughs> it's like, oh, you just had that on you. I did think that was like really nice of him. I think it's, at least in the beginning half of this episode, I was like, wow, Sean does seem a lot better. Like, he seems sober. He seems attentive. He seems good. Um, apparently, she says somewhere that he was doing dope, which to me definitely means heroin. Uh, it makes sense that it means heroin, although I know in some places they call meth dope and old people call weed dope, but I think she means heroin in this. So... Sean has a job, he's working, but his hours mean that he can't go to his, like, uh, his rehab, as they call it, his IOP, and she just hopes that he does well. Uh, Jade is working, going to beauty school, and filming this show, and raising Chloe, which I find pretty impressive, and Jade is talking, talks to her friend, and honestly, it was really much like a recap of, like, get to know Jade, which I found boring because I already know Jade because I'm not an idiot and I watch Team Mom Young and Pregnant. But, you know, they have to do that to catch everybody else up that doesn't watch Team Mom Young and Pregnant. And they just watch Team Mom OG and Team Mom 2 because they're idiots. And if you're one of those people, sorry, I just have to speak my truth, which is that Team Mom Young and Pregnant is the best in the franchise now. By the way, did we talk about Lexi and Kyler had another baby? I think Lexi and Kyler are going to be back. I think with the firing of Jade and her being pregnant again, they're going to bring back Lexi, even though I know she got fired. 
So it's Jade and Sean's four-year... Oh, she talks to her friend and basically she's like, I just need to keep my eyes open and make sure he's doing what he's supposed to do. But it also kind of sucks because he's like my boyfriend. I'm not his mom and I don't want to have to keep my eyes open and make sure he's doing what he has to do, which is reasonable. So it's Jade and Sean's four-year anniversary and her cousin comes over to babysit Chloe and brings her boyfriend and her little baby. I liked her cousin. I'm glad that she's back. Um, And so that Jade and Sean can go out to dinner And Jade's like, I'm really glad we can celebrate our four-year anniversary together. (laughs) I just thought that was such a funny, like, the way she said it, like, not like our four years together, but like, I'm glad we can celebrate this together. (laughs) It's like, as opposed to celebrating it apart. (laughs) So while they're getting ready, I guess Sean is in the bathroom and asks Jade to bring her his cell phone and the phone is unlocked. So he starts... I've literally, guys, I've gotten five calls, except two of them are, like, that fucking Apple scam. (sighs) I'm turning my phone on. Do not disturb. Sorry, this is riveting conversation. I know. Um, so, Jade has gotten, so Sean says that he, when Jade hands him the phone, it's unlocked, and that he was looking through the crack in the door, and he saw Jade going through his phone, and he starts scream. They start getting into a screaming match. And I forgot how they screamed at each other. Like, these two are screamers. They're screaming. She's like, stop calling me a fucking liar. And he's like, but you are a liar. I saw it. Why don't you admit it? And she's like, I can't fucking admit it because I didn't fucking do it. Um, Jade comes downstairs and her cousin is like, just like snuggling her little baby and like being like, what is going on? <laughs> um... Jade is, like, coming down the stairs and throwing shit at Sean. He's like, yeah, you're going to try and scare me? I was like, ooh, this isn't great. I'm sure that Sean and Jade get into physical fights with Jade being the aggressor. Jade has big Kale and Amber vibes. Don't you think? Jade is very Kale-like. So I bet it's more, like, abuser, like, Kale, where, like, she shakes your head in a fight once, which is not okay. I'm not excusing it. Not, like... Amber, where it's like full-blown physical abuse all the time. I hope you understand what I mean by that. Don't come for me if you don't, please. Or you know what? If I deserve it, come for me. What I'm saying is I do think there's a difference between Kale and the minimal violence she did with Javi and Joe, which is not acceptable and not okay. And like, I desperately hope that it's not like that with Chris, although I think we know it is like Chris. And like, the extreme violence between Amber and her significant other is like punching in the face, kicking you down the stairs, trying to come at you with a machete. Like I think Kale or Jade leads more to the Kale side than the Amber side, if you will. So uh, Jade comes downstairs. She's screaming. The bait, Chloe starts crying and she's like, Chloe, come here. What's wrong? And it's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe you and her dad are screaming at each other on the top of your lungs and that's affecting your child. <laughs> Oh, Jade is like, I just think he made this all up so that he could play video games. And I was like, oh, things are not great between the two of them. (laughs) This whole episode, I'm like, oh, things are good. Things are good. And then they're like screaming at each other so that Sean can play video games. Um, They go outside. They're sitting on the porch. I guess Sean's probably smoking a cigarette. And Jade's makeup looks great. I will say Jade does a nice makeup. And Jade's like, I'm so, she goes, I'm not lying, but I'm sorry that you think I'm a liar. <laughs> She's like, I didn't lie, so I can't say sorry for something that I didn't do. And Sean's like, 
I don't even care if you're looking through my phone. I just know that you were. And Jada's like, yeah, I know that you don't care. So, if you, like, I know that you don't care. Why wouldn't I just say I was doing it? It was truly the stupidest fight and, like, really scary that it escalated to that level, even though the fight was so stupid. So I'm kind of looking. I Look, is this hypocritical? Yes. Have I said on this show 700 times I'm a hypocrite? Yes. Can we not discuss the ethics of Teen Mom and where our lines are? Yes, as I've said, but I personally am looking forward to seeing these two, like, go at it this season, and I believe the cops even come at one point, and I'm ready for it. I am ready for it. Okay, let's go to Chelsea, last but not least. Okay, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. What a shit show, man. But I, for one, am glad she's, like, finally showing what a shit show she is. By the way, Chelsea is now selling Young Living in MLM. (laughs) Can't believe it took her this long to get into it, but it's really going to help her with her anxiety. <laughs> okay, so she is on meds and they're helping a little. Uh, it's pretty obvious to me that Chelsea is on some type of enzo because she takes her meds when she gets anxiety attacks and she's shocked that it's not solving her anxiety. But that's because that's not what benzos do. Benzos like Xanax, Ativan, Clonopin, they just calm you down. They don't solve anxiety. You know, they're not... They just chill you out so that when you're having a panic attack, you feel a lot better. And, like, I'm not knocking benzos. That's what they're supposed to do. But what they're not supposed to do is be, like, a an effective treatment for ongoing generalized anxiety. They're supposed to be a fast-action-in-the-moment treatment. So this weekend, they are driving to Minneapolis to take Aubrey to see JoJo Siwa, which is cute. Aubrey loves JoJo. Glad she's getting to go. But she and Cole... Which it's like, why is Cole enabling this? I don't understand. I wonder if Chelsea's being honest when she says, like, well, Cole and I don't want to leave the kids. Or if Cole is just being, like, yeah, yeah, whatever you want, honey. Or if Cole, like, actually says, like, let's leave the kids. But she says me and Cole so that she doesn't seem as crazy. Uh, Don't feel comfortable leaving their babies with anybody. Which is crazy because she used to leave Aubrey all the time. She was, Aubrey was always going overnight to Mary's. I wonder if part of it is that Aubrey was going overnight to Adam's pretty young, so she, like, had to get used to it. But even before that, like, she was always dropping Aubrey off. She really is having a lot of issues. There's a lot of issues in Chelsea's scenes. Um, She's too scared to leave the babies with anybody, so she asks Mary at Chelsea, or at Aubrey's softball game, if, um, if Aubrey will or if Mary will go with them to Minneapolis to watch the babies in the hotel room while uh, the concert goes on, which just seems crazy to me. Like, in what world is it easier to bring two kids on a road, like two babies, two kids under two on a road trip with them and Mary? Like, just leave them for not even 24 hours, for like 12 hours. Just leave them. It's okay. Ugh. I actually, like, feel a little bad for her because obviously things have spun way out of control at this point. Mary's just thrilled that Chelsea's even asking her to watch the kids, which once again seems shocking to me just because Mary was so involved and is so involved with Aubrey. So they get in the car and Chelsea is having a panic attack, like, from the minute they're in the car. Lane is crying and Chelsea is like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And Mary's like, she just needs. And Chelsea's like, stop. Stop it. 
she just needs to cry. This is just what she does. And then Mary's like, oh, and Chelsea's like, you're the one that says that we should leave her in the crib and just let her cry until she falls asleep. Because I guess Mary believes in cry it out. And it's like, oh, I know I snap on my mom worse than I snap on anybody in this world. So, like, I don't really want to judge her about that. But, like, ooh, tough to watch. Is it like because I'm watching a mirror of myself being rude to my mom? Maybe. <laughs> I swear to God, sometimes, like, like somebody else takes over my body when I'm rude to my mom. It's just, it's so weird. It's so bad. Um, Chelsea is like, I'm not doing well. I'm not well. I'm having a panic attack. And Cole's like, why? What's wrong? And she's like, nothing. I don't know. She's flipping out. And it's like, because you're bringing two kids with you. I also wonder, I know Chelsea's like a true crime head. I also wonder like how that shit like affects her because apparently she's flipping out about being in open space. Ooh, I don't think that she, <sighs> Chelsea needs serious therapy. She just needs therapy. So they pull over. She's complaining to Mandy. She's flipping out. She takes her medicine and she's able to calm down a little bit. So they make it on time and they have a good time and she's happy. So they get back home and they, I think, and they go out to dinner. They must because Mary's not with them. And they're like sitting in this dark room by them, not dark room, back room by themselves. And Chelsea is like, so I'm still having my panic attacks, even with medication. And it's like, yeah, because that's not how Xanax works. And Cole's like, well, should you talk to somebody? And Chelsea's like, do you mean like I should talk to like a therapist? (laughs) I'm sorry, but like in 2019... Like, if you still don't know that going to therapy is, like, the thing you're supposed to do, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, we all learned this in, like, 2008 on the internet. Like, where have you been? I just, it's just confusing to me because it's just so different from how, like, I've literally been going to therapists since I was, like, eight. So it just seems so crazy to me. Ugh. By the way, Watson looked so big. He was, like, walking around looking so cute and so big. So, um, Cole says, like, if she's comfortable, she should go. And Chelsea's like, I just have to figure out when I should go. And Cole's like, yeah, that's going to be the really hard part, finding time. And I'm like, what? Chelsea has all the fucking money in the world to get a therapist. Like, she has all the money in the world to hire a babysitter. Mary seems to be available all the time. Randy's available. Rita's available. Chelsea Grace is available. Like, there's so many people that can watch her kids for an hour and a half while she goes to therapy. It's just that she won't leave anybody alone with them. She's, it's not good. It's just not good. I bet Mary will come and sit in the waiting room and watch the kids for her while she's in the waiting room. I bet you. I bet you. If they actually go to therapy. I'm still not convinced that she's actually going to go to therapy. I think she's saying she's going to go to therapy so that people will stop sending her messages being like, bitch, you have to go to therapy. (laughs) Uh, So Chelsea's like, well, it seems to help a lot of people. A lot of people message me and say it helps. (laughs) Tomlin did have the point that she thinks that maybe, um... Cole, like, grew up in a pretty conservative family that doesn't believe in a lot of stuff like therapy. So maybe Chelsea says, like, strangers DMing her about it is basically her way to, like, bring it up without saying she wants it herself directly. So then they pan to Aubrey, and I literally forgot Aubrey was there, and I had a moment of, like, ah! Why are they having this conversation in front of Aubrey? Like, look, 
Do I think it's okay to, like, talk to your kids about mental health? Absolutely. Do I think it's okay to have, like, conversations about how you're feeling in front of your kids? Sure. I think kids should absolutely know, like, about feelings and about stress and about anxiety. Like, I think that's fine. But I don't think at 10 years old it's appropriate to be having, like, full-blown conversations about, like, panic attacks in front of... Like, I think once your child is 10 and they're, like, that aware, like, I think that that doesn't need to be discussed in front of your kid. Like, I think that, especially a kid like Aubrey, I think Chelsea is transferring a lot of her anxiety onto Aubrey, as we saw last season. And Chelsea goes, so they, it helps with the same thing that you have? Like, talking about therapy. And I was like, oh, why is this in front of Aubrey? Why are they talking about this in front of Aubrey? Like, I think it'd be fine if they're, like, after Chelsea decides to th- start therapy, they're like, well, mommy's seeing a therapist because, you know, she's, like, having a lot of anxiety and, you know, she's feeling a lot of panic. So now she's going to go to a therapist to get help. It just seems crazy to talk out the decision to see a therapist or not in front of your 10-year-old. It's not like therapy should be stigmatized and it's not appropriate for Chelsea to hear that you're – or Aubrey to hear that you're going to therapy. I just think that Aubrey's flipped out at, like – the level of uncertainty and panic that Chelsea's feeling all the time. And like, she doesn't need that put on her. So Aubrey then says, well, maybe we can go to therapy together, mommy. And that's what I mean by like, this is not an appropriate conversation for Aubrey to have. Because I think it's so obvious to me that Aubrey sees that her mom is terrified of going to therapy and needs it. And she's taking it on herself at 10 years old To be like, let's go to therapy together so her, like, panic-filled mom will agree to go. Like, that's fucked up. That's a parentification of a child, and it's not, that's not right. Um, Look, I know I don't have kids, but I don't care. That's not right. Cole is like, well, why would you want to go to therapy? And Aubrey's like, well, he goes, but you guys can talk to me, which is the worst response. I'm sorry, in 2019, we're not doing this. We're not doing this you can talk to me response. I don't care if that's how you feel. Keep it in your fucking head. That's not okay. Aubrey, like, no shit Aubrey wants to go to therapy. She had the break in two. She used to live with her anxiety-filled mom, like her drug-addicted dad. I've been calling for Aubrey to go to therapy for years. I think it's great that she would go to therapy. But I don't think she should be going to therapy with Chelsea. I don't think she should be going to therapy to make therapy easier for Chelsea to go. That's not right. If Aubrey wants to go to therapy, she should definitely be able to go to therapy. But I think the fact that she wants to go to therapy so it's easy for her mom to go to therapy is concerning. And that's it for this week. Hopefully next week when we talk, Amber will be fired. If not, well, maybe the next week. All right, guys. Follow me on Instagram, feathers underscore pod. There's a lot of breaking news. Keep up with it. Okay. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.com 